Amen. Thank you. Before you sit down, say hello to somebody tonight. Turn to someone and say hello and greet them and praise the Lord. Thank you for coming out on this rainy night. Understand it's going to rain. Let's see. It's 7.30. It's going to rain at 8. It's going to rain at 9. It's going to rain at 10. It's going to rain at 11. And on into the wee hours of tomorrow. But we need lots of rain. You know why? Because God says it's going to happen that way. And it is. He knows what we need. Everybody, don't worry about the rain. It'll take care of itself. And there'll be, there'll be a rainbow. There'll be sunshine after the rain. Praise the Lord for that. We've just sung about faith is the victory. And I have faith in what God says in His Word. Amen and amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. We have seen such faithfulness in these last days that uh, I have to just give the Lord the credit and commend all of you. Your giving, it is an act, of course, of God's grace and by faith. And praise the Lord for your faithful giving. We had a good offering two weeks ago and a fair offering this past Sunday. And people are sending in their tithes or bringing them in, placing them in the offering plate for which we praise the Lord. I want to give you an update real quickly. I want to send greetings out there to all the folks that are viewing. And I know that uh, Brother Bert Zick and uh, Bertie Zick will be watching and praise the Lord for them and for their ministry. And I gave you a report how a storm blew down, destroyed their tent. Well, he gave me the details this week. And the details are this. A tornado touched down. They have tent there in Sefner, Florida area. And uh, they have all of their supplies. Taking them some time and effort to put them together. And I got the report back. Early in the week, I said, Brother Skip, because that's what I call him from college days, Brother Skip, what happened? And he said, well, the tornado came down and it touched down and it absolutely destroyed our tent, took out the tent. I said, really? He says, yeah, but the good news is none of the contents were touched. Now, the tornado touched down, took out the tent and a few other places there in the flea market where they minister. But he said, it's like, Jesus wrapped His arms around all of their supplies there under the tent. Nothing was harmed. Now that, that is a God thing. Doesn't, doesn't, that, doesn't that raise the, doesn't that give you goosebumps? Amen, if it doesn't give you goosebumps, you're dead. Praise the Lord. So help is on the way. We've, we've sent them something extra special to replace that tent along with that which we have raised. And I, I want us to continue now to give to the end of the month, you give and put Zick on the top of your offering envelope as you give. More and more people are coming back. We're seeing new faces all the time. I'm going to say more about this on Sunday and in the weeks to come. But here's a report. U.S. churchgoers say they will return post-COVID. Praise the Lord. Finally, some good news. All the time. I mean, you can count on CNN for bad news. You can count on NBC for bad news. You can count on ABC for bad news. And all through the alphabet, you can count on them for bad news. But here's some good news. Churchgoers aren't attending yet at pre-pandemic levels, but most say they value gathering with their congregation and are anxious to do so when the threat of COVID-19 ends. A study of a thousand Protestants, that means non-Catholic churchgoers in the U.S., from Lifeway Research, that's the Southern Baptist, found when COVID-19 is no longer an active threat to people's health, 91% plan to attend person worship services at least as often as they did before 
the pandemic. Well, praise the Lord. 23% say they're going to attend more than they have ever before. Only 1% say they're not going back. Not our church. No, our people are coming back. Praise God. And you are all welcome to come on back and be part of the good things that are going on here. We've got some great days ahead. Coming up in the month of May, the second Sunday, May the 9th, Mother's Day. I am asking you right now, sit down, write a tribute to mom. Write a tribute to mom. What mom means to you. If mom led you to Christ, or if you led mom to Christ, or mom showed you the way to God, or mom helped you and loved you and showed special care for you, then you want to show tribute to mom and, and express it. Write it down. You want to write a poem? Get that to me. Don't wait until Mother's Day. Get that to me. And then get mom out. If mom can't come out, then bring somebody's mom. Let's have a, a great turnout. You want to stop by our bookstore? We've got some specials. I've got it right here. David W. Daniels has written the book, Answers to Your Bible Version Questions. $10. What a steal that is. Now, don't steal it, but bring your $10, okay? Gwendolyn will be there to meet you and sell that to you. That's $10. But now here's, this is the special, and it's brand new. Three pretty colors. that look nice on your bookshelf, won't it? All right? We got the answer book. You've seen that before by Dr. Sam Gipp. But guess what? Answer book two, the second answer. Look, a new one. The second answer book, continuation. Look, the third answer book. Put those three together. One, two, and three. Five dollars a piece, fifteen dollars for the three. You got to get by and get one of these. Make great presents for people who are confused about where the Word of God is. I'm not confused. Hold your Bible up. Hold your Bible up. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Say it. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe there are no mistakes in it. I believe there are no mistakes in it. And God helping me, and God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. I'm going to try to obey it. All right, we're continuing in our study. Left off last week with the shoes, and now we're talking about something else. We're talking about the shield of faith. The shield of faith and the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's go on back to verse number 10 of Ephesians 6 and let's review. Let's move through quickly. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. What are we supposed to be? Strong. In whose power? In His power. That's it. Put on the whole armor. How much? The whole armor of God. For what purpose? That you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles, the trickery, the deceit of the devil. The devil is real. He's going to try to deceive you. He's deceiving people. He's deceiving people. Sometimes he tells the big lie. But more frequently, he'll tell, he'll de- tell something that's more believable, and he'll get you gradually. He'll get you degree by degree. He'll get you level by level. Watch out. He'll tell you that God doesn't really love you. If he loved you, you wouldn't be having these problems. He'll tell you that Jesus Christ isn't not is not really the Son of God, cannot really do, will not really do what He's promised to do. In the Word of God, you can't depend on God. He'll tell you all manner of lies. He is a deceiver. He is a liar. He's the father of all liars, all right? So put on the whole armor of God so you can stand against that junk. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, all right? Our battle is not physical. 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What are all four of those? They are spiritual. That means that to our physical eyes they are invisible. Not what they do, but who they are. And they will sneak up on you and do everything that they possibly can. In this world we have demons. We have demon powers and demon influence. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against those things that are unseen. Wherefore, as a result of what we've just read, take unto you, this is a willful and deliberate decision, the whole armor of God, not part of it, but every piece, that you may be able to what? Withstand, another form of stand, in the evil day. We're living in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we see a repetitive exhortation to stand. To stand. Don't let the devil keep you down. If you've been down, you're not there by God's perfect will. You're down because you've, you've uh, caved in. You've, uh, you've given up. You've just you've sat down. You've quit. You're sitting down. Having your loins girt about with truth. The Word of God is the truth. We need to, the leather girdle, the leather belt holds all the armor together in place so that it'll all work. The Word of God makes it all work, makes it all function. Gird about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to keep your heart, for out of it are the issues of life, we're told in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And your feet shod, chewed in other words, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're talking about hobnailed good traction with the protection up the front, the greaves. So you've got that. And you're going to be able to make good traction in battle, not slip and slide, not fall, but keep your, keep your standing. That's good. That's very good. And now we come to verse 16. Above all, this is top of the list. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Amen. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. There are a lot of them all the fiery darts of the, will, of the wicked. There are millions of people every day. Pe- millions of people will never meet till we get to heaven. But they fellowship daily with God, and they've never seen Him. They talk to Jesus every day. They've never seen Him. This experience can only take place, what? By faith. By believing what God says in His inerrant, inspired and preserved word. We've preached from Hebrews chapter 11. We preached various scriptures contained in that chapter. We preached the whole chapter. And it makes it clear that from the time of the creation until the present, there have been people who have been set apart as heroes of the faith, giants of of what God has been all about, But every one of them was a hero by faith, by having their their unwavering trust in what God said is true. We've got Abel and Enoch and Noah, and uh, we've got Abraham, and Abram trusted God. He believed the Lord, and God imputed it to him for righteousness. In God's accounting system, when you believe what he says, that counts on God's accounting in His books as though we are great people of faith. We're great people when we believe God. We believe to receive and we obey the Lord. There it is. 
Trusting in the Lord Jesus. Trusting in God to come through. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. I'll never forget when I was in Bible college and I'd listen to those preachers on the radio as I'm driving back from extension on Sunday night late, late into the wee hours. And I'm coming back to, to Bible college to grab a few hours before Monday morning classes. And I'm listening to those preachers preach and I'm just getting overflowing. And I remember one evangelist saying that he was raised in farm country. And they raised all kinds of... Of, of uh, crops and they raised all kinds of animals and uh, and one of the one of the main uh, critters that they raised were chickens and he said uh, there were chickens that sometimes would go through a period of time when when they were not so good at laying eggs and they became less effective and they weren't really they weren't the really the the cash uh, critter that they needed to be and so what they would do they would, they would take a doorknob that was no longer being used. They would paint it white. They would put it in the nest so the hen wouldn't get out of the habit of sitting on eggs. So as hen, setting hens, as they're called, well, would be kept. And they, were, they, were, they were putting their faith with as much faith as they had. They couldn't hatch that doorknob. And the reason was because the object of their faith wasn't real. Now, Jesus Christ is the real deal. He will never let you down. Listen to me out there. He will never let you down. You come to God through Christ in faith, believing you get your prayers heard, you get your prayers answered, because God is real and Jesus is God. He's the real deal. He came to reveal the Father in human form. You remember when Jesus sat with his disciples in chapter 14 of John's Gospel. And he, he was saying, you've been with me so long and you don't know what the Father's like. Just look at me. I'm here to reveal the Father to you. Jesus is God in a body. Whoever trusts in him has eternal life. Brother Harps, who sits down here when he's healthy. And Sister Harps. What a blessing they are. All those years of godly service. But he says it this way. He says, I sum it up. Salvation is Jesus Christ. If you got him, you got salvation. If you haven't got him, you haven't got salvation. That's it. If you haven't got him, you haven't got it. If you don't have Jesus Christ, don't plan on going to heaven. There's no other way. There's no plan B. There's no second door behind which you'll find salvation. Jesus Christ is the door. He's the only way. Believing in Jesus means believing His words. That's why it's not enough for us just to talk about the experience of when we believed on Him and we know that He saved us because we have that assurance in us. We have the down payment of the Holy Spirit inside of us. But that's not enough. You see, while we're saved instantaneously by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're going to be people of faith, We've got to live by the book. And to live by the book, you've got to know what's in the book. Stop guessing at it. Stop speculating. Learn what's in the book. Find out what God's specific purpose, what His perfect will is for you. It's revealed in and through the Word of God. We have this. It's available to us. 
but we need to trust in the Lord. We need to give Him all of our heart. We need to appropriate that great faith when we're facing the challenges. Faith is the victory, but it doesn't do any good. If you leave your shield home, you're still going to get taken down by those darts. I'm telling you right now, the Word of God represents the source of our faith. God Himself we see as the shield so many times in Old Testament Scriptures. Faith is believing what God says in His Word and trusting or acting upon it, so bring that shield to the battle. If you don't bring that shield to the battle, the darts are going to take you down sooner or later. We need to be trusting in the unlimited power of God as we face every challenge of life. What's your challenge today? Don't say it out loud. You know in your heart what it is. You know in your mind. You can picture it right now. When I'm talking about the challenge that you face today or the one that was brought to your attention again, and uh, you know that's a big challenge, whatever it may be. It may be personal. It may be relational. It may be vocational, financial. It may be uh, health-related. It may be, it may be uh, some other battle that you fought. You've got to bring your shield to the battle. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Without that, you will fail. You'll be taken down. Now I've just read, I'm going to read it again one more time. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. Above all, you don't bring your shield, you don't win. You don't bring your shield, you don't battle. You don't go very long. Do you know what the mortality rate would be without a shield? I'm a student of warfare. I have a number of books on that subject alone. I know that doesn't thrill all the ladies in the crowd tonight, but it's a guy thing, I suppose. There might be one or two ladies that are as interested in warfare as I am. And uh, I've studied the, the great ancient battles. I can discuss those with those that have been to war college and military training institutions, talk about the various strategies that worked and those that failed and those that were ill-timed and those that were ill-prepared. And uh, I understand that there's a strategy. Do you know what the Battle of Hastings was? Who knows here what the Battle of Hastings was? All right, the Battle of Hastings was fought in 1066. And there was a fellow who came across the English Channel of Norman background and forever changed the history of England and uh, the English world. He was, he was probably a French Norman speaker, uh, he was not Anglo-Saxon in background. He was William the Conqueror. He came across the channel and faced off with uh, his opponents. And the way they won the battle was the way they fired those darts. As they came into battle, boom, like this. In those days, I mean, it was face-to-face, hand-to-hand. Here they come, boom. But the archers stood back, pulled back, and they fired up in the air, so the arrows came down and took out the English. They lost that battle because they didn't have coverage. They got hit there. In fact, the king got hit right in the eye. That's how they won that battle with those darts, with those darts. In the sieges of Jerusalem during the, uh, the great crusades, both sides used fiery darts. They, they learned what it was to get tar or a derivative and light it 
and fire it. And when it hits, whatever it hits, it burns. If it's an immobile object, it burns up the object. It hits a person, burns up the person. And then there are those who have found that you can have a double whammy effect. If you dip those arrows in poison, then light them on fire and send them. Whatever they hit, they burn, but they also poison and kill. And the fiery darts of the wicked may actually include both ideas. Burn it down, poison it. Poison it, burn it down. The devil is not out for your good. He is out to destroy you, to destroy your testimony. Young people, he wants to stop you before you ever get started. He wants to mess up your life before you ever get out of the starting blocks. He wants to keep you from success because if you taste the sweet success that God brings when you yield to Him in His perfect will. The devil knows that he's going to have a tough time getting you to backslide and go back to the di dumpster diving of the devil when you can have the sweet gourmet taste of success in Jesus Christ. You remember how King Ahab died? Anybody here? He wasn't a good guy. He was a bad guy. He was king over Israel. Had a nasty wife by the name of Jezebel. Yeah, she was, uh, she brought a worse form of paganism, sacrifice into northern tribes. And Ahab, he, he, was, uh, he was a perfect, I think, a perfect match for the wickedness of his wife. They were terrible people. Elijah faced off with them, came out on the winning side. But when Ahab went into battle, went into the war against the Assyrians. He was protected by armor next to his body. But out, outside, he was a coward, so he dressed up like a peasant on the outside, not like a king, to disguise himself from the enemy. So they weren't, they weren't thinking he was the king. They weren't thinking he was King Ahab. The Bible says that a certain bowman drew his arrow back. I guess he must have had one extra. Figured he just fired it off. Fired that thing off. God directed that arrow. And there's an arrow, if you're not careful, if you're out of the will of God, if you're trying to fight God and everything that's good and godly, watch out. God's got an arrow. Somebody may have just fired off arbitrarily. Here it comes. And it struck him where he was not protected. And he leaned again. He said, take me back. And he leaned on that and he died. He died. Don't you know it's impossible for us to escape God. It's impossible for us to run from God. Another illustration of this. If we're going to be successful in the Christian life, We've got to be on the right side. We've got to put on the whole armor of God. We've got to bring our shield of faith to the battle. Now, the shield of faith was constructed of wood with metal over the top. Now, there were the little small shields that were worn on the arm by the Roman soldiers. This particular shield is not the little small circular shield of the Roman soldier. But instead, it's the one that stands from the head to the ground and covers you completely. You're covered completely.
And when those darts come in, you are protected from head to toe. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. In the Bible, we read that Abraham, in fighting the king of the enemies against Sodom and his allies, after these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Genesis 15.1. This, this is a revelation that when we have the shield of faith protecting us from those deadly darts, those incoming missiles, those darts from the devil every day in the battle, the challenge that we're facing, that God Himself is protecting us. This is God's plan. I know that you've got the indwelling spirit if you're saved. So have I. I know that you've got the promises of God. So have I. But we need the protection of God against the fiery darts of the wicked. Those are painful. They're deadly. They're debilitating. They'll take you out. The devil wants us to question salvation. The devil wants us to question the calling of God, the, the voice of God. The devil wants us to question if we're worthy. We're not, but in Christ he makes us worthy. The devil wants us to question if it's even any bother to try to serve God in these days or if this really can be done that God has called us to do. We're, we're called to doubt those wonderful, amazing things that we just talked about. God protected everything of the zicks, put his arms about those things, and even though the tent was swept away, the tornado did not take the contents. I want you to know that's a God thing. We've seen a God thing. We've seen more. You're going to hear more testimonies tonight about God things. And yet the devil wants you to think, oh, it's just coincidental. It's just an accident. No, it isn't. There is a God in heaven. He is the God of the Bible. He is real. I spoke with him today. He spoke to me through his word. He's made his promises real to me. People become discouraged and depressed and they feel defeated. Some then just give up and they say, oh, I might as well just sin. They give in to their passions, their desires, their lusts. All of those things are of the devil. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, it says in Psalm 3. My glory and the lifter up of mine head, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. We have that kind of a relationship. We talk to God in prayer. He talks to us through the word of God. It says in Psalm 33 and verse 20, Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He's our shield. In Psalm 34, next Psalm over, The Lord redeemeth the soul of His servants, and none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37 and verse 5. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. Psalm 84, 9. It says in Psalm 84, 11, two verses down, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. i got to remember that. Write a song to that. Wow. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why is that? Because even 
on their best day, a man, a woman can let you down, but God cannot let you down because of who He is, because of His promises. He will never let you down. The fear of the Lord bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 29, 25. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose what? Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26. Have faith in God. That's what Jesus said. Have faith in God. So we take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Those darts are deadly. But we have, we have something which is the antidote for the poison. We have something which is the protection from the flame, the fire retardant. It is faith. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There it is. There it is. The flame cannot burn you. The poison cannot debilitate you when you've got faith. We can hide behind. That shield of faith and the fiery darts will not burn us, will be impervious to their poison. I want you to personalize it for just a moment. I want you to think about those poisonous darts. Which ones? Which ones are they? What poisonous darts? He shoots them. They rain down upon us. But we have that shield of faith. What is He trying to tempt us to do or to say? What is He tempting us not to do? What is the thing that you feel in your emotions least capable of, but you know you ought to do? What is it that you feel in your emotions the most embarrassed about, but you know it's right according to the Word of God? What do you feel in your emotions, in your own humanity, your own physical weakness uh, about, uh, uh, and, and it's, it seems like that's the thing. If you had... One thing that God said, all right, I'm going to give, here it is. You've drawn, you've drawn one choice. You can remove that one thing from your obligation. You'd remove it. I want to tell you, that's the one thing. That's the thought process by which the devil is firing those darts at you. You, you can't, and I cannot give up the thing that we are compelled to be and to do and to say according to the Word of God. There is no reprieve from our obligation and privilege to be witnesses. There is no reprieve from our obligation to stand for the truth and be defenders of the faith. There is no reprieve from the truth of living a pure and godly life and, and bringing uh, glory to God and pleasing Him. There is no reprieve. He doesn't let you be a little bit naughty today and then you go to confession like some say on Saturday night and you get that wiped away and then you can go and tell the next time and the next time and the next time. It doesn't work that way. Here's the way it works. Every single day that we're alive, 24-7, whether we're awake or asleep, our life belongs to God. And we don't get one of those get-out-of-jail-free cards. We don't get a choice not to be a Christian. We don't get a choice not to live for Jesus. We've been called. The one who has called us, who has recruited us, is the one that we want to serve and endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ so that we can look into His face and hear Him commend us, saying, well done, good and faithful. Well done, good and faithful. That's all I want to hear. I don't care about the rest of it. 
There are accolades that have been, have been extended our way during our lifetime. I haven't done a lot of great things. I can't think of many great things. Let me just put it that way. That people might look at and say, well, that's really a great thing. That's really a fantastic thing. But if I were capable of getting that kind of praise, I would say, forget that as long as I hear, well done. Well done. Well done. That's it. Satan wants to hit you with the dart. If you don't bring your shield, he's going to hit you with the dart. And you're going to start to think, I don't have to do that, or I can't do that, or why should I have to do that all the time? Above all, the supreme thing, above all, the top priority, above all, that's numero uno, all right? A little Spanglish there for you. That's it. Number one. That's it. Taking the shield of faith. It's not just a weapon to cut. It's not just, it's not just the rest of the body being covered. But watch out for those darts. If you drop that shield, you're going to get hit. Think of Ahab. I'll tell you right now, Christian, I'm not demeaning you. I'm not putting you on the level of Ahab's wickedness. He was a truly wicked, lost, depraved king. You're nowhere near that. I'm not putting you there. But how'd you like to die like he died? How'd you like to go down like he went down? Got hit where the armor didn't cover. Got hit by an arbitrary directed arrow. I'm telling you, Christian, it's good for me, the preacher. It's good for you in the pew. It's good for the layperson. It's good for anybody who calls himself or herself a born-again child of God. Watch out. If you don't bring your shield of faith to the battle, the rest of the armor, there are openings, you're going to get hit. The devil knows where he's going to hit you. Maybe he'll get you in the back of the leg. Maybe he'll get you some other place that's not covered. But he's going to get you. And that's where the doubt and the discouragement and the depression and the defeat is going to start. And you're going to be a, a dark, gloomy believer that's going to be no good to yourself or to anyone else. We need the shield of faith. Those darts, number one, powerful. They're powerful. They can pierce. Number two, they affect the passions. I talked about the emotions, the things that we don't think we can do, we don't want to do, the things that embarrass us, the things we'd rather not do, the things if we got one get-out-of-jail card free, we would opt out of. The passions, watch out for the passions. Don't ever serve God in the strength of your emotions. I'm talking about on the day when your emotions are so positive, I mean, you are so up. The endorphins, I mean, they're just everywhere. And uh, I mean, you're happy. It's like you had a gazillion donuts with the works. And you are all emotionally sugared up. And you think you can really, 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 really get it. You can really, really get it. You know what sugar does, don't you? After it runs its course, and you're going to, if you're trying to operate on your emotions, devil's going to get you. Depression, defeat, coming soon. Watch out, those fiery darts. 
They're going to hit your passions. Number three, they penetrate. They penetrate. This is not superficial. People that are born-again believers who get down in the mouth, who get depressed, who get discouraged. I mean, I've just read article after article by doctors who say in, in, uh, inescapable, catastrophic harm has been done by the lockdowns. I'm talking emotionally. Suicide is up. Depression is up. Divorce is up. I'm talking about people who before this thing said, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Now they're down in the depths of depression. And I got to tell you, if you don't bring your faith to the battle every day, if you don't bring your shield, those darts are going to get you. Satan's powerful. He goes for the passions. He penetrates. He's going to get you down deep. And he's going to poison you inside. I'm sorry to have to say over the course of time, I've known a number of Christians in a number of places and a number of ministries. And I'm very thankful for those that have served and gone on serving and they go on till Jesus takes them. Praise the Lord. There's an evangelist right now who's running the circuit. He's famous for one particular thing. I won't mention what it is because somebody out there will figure out the name of this particular evangelist. But I have heard from the lips of this evangelist myself this philosophy. He was advising me about a certain ministry. And he said, all I have ever hoped to do in the pastorate is to get three or four years out of a Christian. If I get three or four years out of a Christian, that's about all I can count on. First of all, what a terrible thing for a man of God, quotes around it, I'm making quotation marks, for a man of God to say about the people of God. And what a, what a sad, sad epitaph on the tombstone of those who used to serve for quitting, for giving up, because they got hit with darts. Why'd they get hit with darts? They forgot to bring their shield to the battle. The faith, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, the faith that we have in the promises of God. The Old Testament, we see so often, God being the shield. I want to say in these days, we ought to act upon that truth. We ought to act upon faith is active. The people that I've talked to that have quit, that have given up, can't get them back to church. I'm not talking about people during this COVID time. I'm talking about before this. I'm talking about years in the past. They got burned by a fiery dart. You see, they, they dropped their shield and the devil saw it. And he drew that bow. And he let that fiery dart fly. And it got them where they weren't covered. And that fiery dart started doubt and depression and defeatism. And they got angry at the church. They got mad at the pastor. They got mad at something that went on. Or deacons. Or they got mad at leaders. Or they got mad at somebody. They got mad about something. And that dart not only burned, but it sent poison all through them. You can't talk them into going back to church. I've been there, done that. Know that already. You can't tell me anything. The Bible speaks about hard hearts, hard necks, a sclerotic condition. And it happens 
after somebody's been wounded and they haven't had that healing balm of Jesus applied. I'm telling you right now, if you've got that wound and you become hardened and, and calloused and sclerotic toward the things of God and the work of God and the Word of God, then just take the balm, the healing balm of Jesus Christ and apply that to that wound. You need to get on back and you need to get that shield of faith up there and get back in the battle because it's still true. The Bible is still true. Jesus is still the real deal. I'm talking about something that is not made up. This is not just from, uh, from some kind of spiritual Disneyland. This is, some, this, is, this is truth today. This is reality. This is something that you can take to the bank of heaven. Would you bow your head and, cl and close your eyes right now? And let's think for just a moment about what we've just had to say. How many of you say, Preacher, you hit it on the head tonight. You've spoken to a need in my heart. And I have taken this personally tonight. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. I've taken this personally tonight. Amen. Amen. If there's something you need to pray about, come on. When the invitation is given, I want you to come from where you are. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've not done that, not sure you've done that, then why don't you pray right now? Something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I want the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you just prayed that prayer a minute, would you lift your hand so I can see it right now? Anyone at all? All right, let's stand with heads bowed. We're going to sing a verse of an individual.